You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number four. I am so excited about this episode. It flowed so much better than the other episodes. I feel like I'm starting to get the voice that God wants me to use here. We dive into some pretty deep stuff, um, but it's just the beginning of this amazing series that God has kind of put on my heart to share what he's doing with the Glitter Effect, my new book. So let's not take any more time. Let's dive on into this episode that I'm calling Trees of Righteousness. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. Here we go, episode four of the Hello Awesome podcast. That is really exciting to say. I have been wanting to do a podcast for a while. And so actually saying this is episode four is kind of cool. Not going to lie. So last episode, we started our series that we are diving in to my new book, The Glitter Effect. It will be six episodes that are completely dedicated to the book. And I wanted to do that because last year I had the privilege of teaching about the book and I had written some notes and God really was moving on my heart through those notes and through the sessions. And I thought the content is already there. There are some things that some truths that I feel like I can share with you and it'll bless you. So I am really excited that we are doing this thing. Um, And so here we go into the second episode of the series. Now, I want to start with a scripture because that's always a good thing to do before we can begin our thought process here. Let's start with Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Now, the last episode, we talked about foundations. And I share a story, a personal story, about when we were searching for a new house and how one house had basically a crappy foundation, even though it looked good on the outside. And then the second house looked pretty terrible on the surface, but the foundation was amazing. And that that was the house that we actually ended up buying. And today I really want to talk about how, you know, when we know that there are cracks in our spiritual foundation, it could jeopardize the legacy that God wants us to leave behind through us. And a solid foundation doesn't make things sway, right? It doesn't make things move. The foundation is a rock. It should be strong enough to withstand any winds of uncertainty 
or confusion that blows by, right? If we're talking about spiritually and we should want our influence on our friends and our family to promote the solid love of the Savior because anything less than that could actually lead them to destruction. And obviously we don't want that. Now, Revelation 3, 15 and 16 says this, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What God is trying to say is that he would rather you choose either you're hot or you're cold because being lukewarm is distasteful to him. And if we think about it in our spiritual life, being lukewarm says that Calvary didn't matter. Being lukewarm won't save this modern world. It just won't. It won't make a difference because there's not much of a contrast. When God made light, it was different than darkness because it had to be. It really did. The very basis of who we are in Christ must be different than who the world wants us to be. And that's what I saw in myself um, as I came into the Lord. There was a lot of things that um, was very, very lukewarm. I wasn't sure about this or that, or I didn't have an opinion about this or that, whatever the topic may be. And when I started reading the scripture and God started showing me what he thought, I knew I had to make a hot or cold decision. They're not easy decisions, but you do have to make them. And it took me a while to realize that no one was going to force me to go to church. Sure, I can have an amazing, amazing um, support system. I can have amazing people who will, you know, call me out in a genuine way and encourage me, but they're not going to hand me my car keys, right? And so they're not going to dress my sweet and sour children. They're not going to dress me. They're not going to take care of me, hold me by the hand and, and drag me there. Nobody is going to do that. There might be some that would like to, but for the most part, you're the one that has to do that. And I had to really think about what the purpose of that was, not just out of obligation to go, but with intention to go. To have one foot in and one foot out in this climate of society is really tragic. We have more than ever plenty of resources and opportunities to shine for the Lord, to shimmer for his glory. A half Christian life isn't enough to move mountains. It's not enough to make a dent in the hard shell of change. Now, I really, really understand that we're not responsible for saving everybody. That's God's job. But we are called according to his purpose. And when we aren't, quote, unquote, all in, ready to do what he's instructed, the world won't take us seriously with any messages we try to bring. And the reason for that is because it needs to be serious to us. It can't just be a casual fling with God. It needs to be the real deal. And the world will pick up on that if you are not being hot or cold. They will see through whatever mask you're trying to put on. Now, being indecisive is a decision. And I know that can be kind of controversial to a lot of different people, but I believe that that's true. We're choosing what's comfortable, not too hot and not too cold. 
while we are sitting in our comfy cocoon of lukewarm faith, God's trying to get our attention. We need to have our worth rooted in Jesus. That's the only way we can be somebody who changes the world. And that's the only way, honestly, that God can even change us. Oftentimes, we want to test the waters of Christianity and keep the comforts of the world. And since we're discussing foundations, I do want to share a little of my testimony. If I shared every detail of how God worked in my life to get me here, we'll be talking until Christmas of 2019. (laughs) But I do want to share a moment that I knew he was real. Now, when God came to me 11 years ago, I was a hot mess. I lived the life of being cold towards God for so long. And it really did corrupt my thinking. I met my husband, Jonathan, at the airport where we worked. And at the time, I was in a long relationship that was really growing toxic. This person wasn't abusive towards me at all. He was a very genuine person. But they had self-destructive qualities. And after almost four years of being together, we knew that it was done. Our relationship was over, but neither one of us wanted to be the person to say it. And so I was commissioned by a family friend to paint a series of religious images on canvas. See, I was always an artist. I was always a creative, even though my topics were different than what I do now. And so God really used that. And it was the first paid art job that I ever had. So I was excited. I grew up uh, going to CCD, which is the Catholic Children's Program. But when I was 21 years old... I still had yet to read a Bible. And I was always bothered by that. And my creative writing was really fueled by the entertainment that I was watching at the time. I wrote horror stories and I was drawing very immodestly um, a lot of perverse images sometimes. But, you know, my mother was always a praying woman. And she instilled in me to have a God conscience. So I didn't have the right knowledge and guidance to know how to connect with him. But I still was given an opportunity. So as I started to paint the first image, it was Mary holding baby Jesus. And I really started to start thinking about God again. My brain was going about different questions and re kind of living that part of my life that I abandoned. And once I started thinking about God again, weird demonic things started happening to me. And I don't share this to scare you. I'm sharing this to be real with you. I started experiencing night terrors and the attacks were really escalating. I started hearing fire in my ears and I couldn't move out of my bed because something invisible was holding me down. Finally, I had enough and I asked God to show me a sign that he was real. I was so desperate to know for myself. I really, really was. And instantly he gave me a vision of him on the cross. It was a peaceful scene with white fluffy clouds and a green hill. His head was looking down, but then he met my gaze and continued to look up to the sky. And it was in that moment that I felt his presence for the first time in my life. I wasn't in a church I was in a bed, living in sin. Someone who was just desperate for a sign, for an opportunity, 
for an answer, and God showed up. Now, my boyfriend was actually in the same room as me, and he did not notice one bit. And I proclaimed right then and there to the Lord that I would trust him, and wherever he led me, I would obey and I would follow. I didn't exactly knew what that would entail or what that really meant, but you know what? Here I am. And I wouldn't have this life without the Lord. Praise God. Now, I choose to be fully in this thing because God chose to fully invest in me. Now, there's nothing safe about being lukewarm. I know. I was there. If God doesn't like the taste of it, then we can't be it. We need to be more than that. We should have an elevated mindset. God's love should be enough to convince us to run to him, open arms and willing heart. We need to start getting real with the Lord who made us. We really can't hide from God. We are only deceiving ourselves and trying to pull our worth from things and people that don't matter as much as he does. Being lukewarm is a lack of trust in God. That's really the bottom line. We don't trust him enough to do what he has promised and we don't trust that his power is enough to save us. Maybe we've been hurt too many times by people in our lives that we feel tapped out. Our trust tank is empty and we don't see how the Lord is different from these other people who keep taking advantage of us. And I get it. I get it, dude. But we're still clutching onto our fears like they're a shield that protects us when In reality, it's pushing the healer away. Now, scripture are the written words spoken from the heart of the rock. Think about that for a minute. God is the rock. He is strong and mighty. There is nothing that can break him. If our foundation is in Jesus, then we cannot be broken. We are protected in the rock. Now, when we are lukewarm, we're not fully protected and We're exposed. When we have his word hidden within us, we then have power from the rock to stand on. We can stand firmly on the rock of our salvation. Isn't that awesome? Now, I finally got my first Bible a couple months before my 22nd birthday when Jonathan and I started dating. It belonged to him as a child and it was a gift to me. And to be truly real... It was intimidating. Like, there were so many funny sounding words and all these weird numbers. I didn't even know where to begin. But once I started reading the Bible on my own and having studies with his mom, God really started to work on my heart. And then he filled in so many gaps that had been open for years. He answered questions I never even knew I had. The Lord influenced men of God to write down his spoken words and stamp them forever in ink. And more than that, we can now download the Bible to an app on our cell phones. Now, as technology evolves, it has become easier to access information whenever we need it. This now includes carrying the written word of God right in our pockets all day, ready to help whenever we need it, available any minute of any day. So you know what? There is no excuse big enough not to use it. We could take five minutes or 10 minutes to open the Bible app and read. We don't always need three hour blocks of morning time to get deep Bible study in. Honestly, 
If we have 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes to scroll on Instagram and Facebook, we can give a little bit of time to the Lord's Word, all right? Now, where is that innocent curiosity to know more about God? Where is that? Have we lost it as we've gotten older? I fear the more knowledge that we've gained in earthly things, it makes us feel so smart that we don't think we need the Bible to tell us anything. Because technology has evolved and that information is more at our fingertips that we are more educated, which is a great thing. But you can't replace what God's trying to teach us in the Bible with earthly education. Having an awestruck reverence to the word is really what will continue to strengthen the the foundation under our feet. Continual communion met with continual devotion. Now God is waiting to exchange some things that we've been holding on to in order for us to become quote unquote trees of righteousness. In Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, it says this, The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Have you ever thought what life would be like without trees? Let's think about that for a minute. There wouldn't be any life at all. Trees produce the oxygen that we breathe and reduces the amount of carbon dioxide in the air. And if we look at trees in a spiritual way, the Bible references them often in scripture. Trees are used as a physical example to parallel the Christian life. Guys, we are not called to be shrubs. We're called to be trees, a walking symbol of strength, resilience, and nourishment, right? Now, just because the generations before us didn't have smartphones doesn't mean they're not smart. So it would really be wise for us to listen and yield to what our elders are trying to teach us. Their influence is the reason why we are even here. God has used them to help correct and instill the principles that he has designed for his people. We'll go deeper into honoring our elders in our last episode of this series, but I really wanted this concept to be a thread throughout the entire book. The influence of our elders matter in our lives. We have so much technology at our fingertips and knowledge accessible in an instant, any subject at any time, in whatever language we want. And this knowledge is so great, but without God, it can lead to puffed up pride. We think we know it all, so we don't have to listen to our elders. But wrong motives will never birth right results. The spirit of entitlement has no business in the ministry or in Christianity as a whole. If we want to help build a kingdom and influence those around us like Christ did, we must crucify our flesh first. We must follow the examples of our elders quote, unquote, trees of righteousness who have changed the atmosphere of the church with spiritual oxygen that we all as a body of Christ benefit from. 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. We must lay pride down before God will put us on the mountaintop. We have to humble our hearts and seek his face. 
We must be diligent in seeking the Lord every single day, reading his word and adopting a genuine attitude of prayer. If we are not, we won't just miss out on our generation's potential, but we'll be taking away from the next generation's power of influence. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. You know what? Zeal sounds good, but it'll never work like anointing will. We can't be witnesses to a dying world with an entitlement mentality. And I love a good idea. I'm creative. I, I get it. And I love to share my ideas with people. But the error occurs when we are so focused on being a leader of great things that we undermine the great leaders who came before us. The glitter effect is alive through their testimonies. Sacrifice leads to heart-changing experiences. Comfort leads to self-gratification. If you want an anointing, then you better get ready because the storm is coming. I know that from experience, so I'm not trying to freak you out. But you know what? The storm will be designed by the master to allow real life to teach you. Then you will be able to help other people get through the same thing with God. Trees don't grow overnight. It takes a long time for a tree to be mature enough to start sprouting branches, leaves, and fruit. And we want to jump ahead and skip the important lessons and rush life. But that's not how it works. The ministry you end up with would actually be sickening to the body. You need to want God more than you want the calling. He will equip you with everything you need if you wait on Him. The trials that will come at us have the ability to uproot us from our foundation. And the enemy will attack a sore spot at the core of our flesh. It'll be something that we will have a hard time saying no to. Before we're like our elders, we must go through the purification process. They went through some stuff. And God is giving you this time to be delivered from temptations that can devour your future influence. So don't rush through the process. This is my favorite, my favorite, my favorite scripture. And I might say that a lot, but this is my favorite. (laughs) Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If I gave into temptations, my testimony is silenced. If I fall, the eyes of my children, nephews, nieces, and siblings, who are watching me, by the way, will be just like watching a tree being cut down in the woods. Now, here's another story. One of the things that Jonathan wanted to do when we bought our fixer-upper was to get rid of this huge tree in our backyard. It was starting to lean, and it dumped gallons of acorns a day. It felt like a minefield out there, seriously, if you were barefoot. So a good friend and a brother from our church who cuts trees for a living came over to cut it down. And we had a crew of helpers waiting to help to clear the debris after. 
To say our two sons were excited was really an understatement. You're going to cut down a tree? Whoa, that's awesome, right? Now, we stood at the top of their playscape balcony when, when the brother was up there cutting, and it was really thrilling to watch these small branches fall. Then, all of a sudden, enormous logs started to snap off. And one thing I didn't prepare myself for was the feeling of the bi- vibrations under our feet as the larger parts of the tree started falling and eventually the entire trunk. Have you ever stood on the ground when a tree falls? The earth shakes. So spiritually, if we fall, it will shake the ground and it will affect other people. Tree roots are strong so that they can stand. It's said that the higher a tree is, the longer the root system is. Just like the foundation of a house is the most important beginning of the structure, the roots are the key to healthy, long-lasting trees. Our relationship with God must be rooted in the right soil. It must be if we want to survive, if we want to stay strong. Now, Psalms 1 is saying that if we delight and meditate on the things of the Lord and His instructions, we will be rooted in righteousness. We will be strong in faith. We will be unmovable. We will be nourished and thriving. However, we are also warned that if our hearts are not rooted in the right things, it can wither away. We will have spectators watching us as the seasons of life change. And if we want to be helpful to somebody else, we must have the right root system flowing through us, within us, so that we have the right nutrients to create change. We can't feed others if we are not fed the right things ourselves because neither of us would survive. Now to be like a tree, it doesn't end with the root system. That's only the beginning. We must also store those nutrients inside of ourselves as we prepare for the proper way to distribute them. Much like a tree trunk, if our spiritual roots are in Christ and we are soaking up his word, Those life-giving nutrients must be stored internally before we can begin to share them outwardly. Trees are life-giving organisms. God created them to purify the atmosphere. If we start losing too many trees, we start losing our resource for clean, pure oxygen. We will lose our lifeline. Now, this message started off for me, obviously, but the Lord really opened doors for me to share it with you, with others. And honestly, I'm always struggling with taking the time to allow God to check my spirit when negative feelings arrive. I'm human. Like I said before, we're not robots. I'm a ball of emotional flesh with a smile most days. And besides storing the word in our hearts, you know, I really have to try hard to focus on God in other ways. What we do is family worship sessions, and I love it. I can sense the change in the atmosphere when that happens. Our focus is no longer on ourselves. It is shifted to something greater. And you know, God put something on my heart one day. It's not just a praise session. It's an intervention. We must start looking at praise and worship as moments of healing within our spiritual person. Maybe we have the right foundation. Maybe our roots are deep. But maybe we have something that's shaking it up and threatening our strength. Praise anyway. Worship anyway. Trust in God anyway. Not long after God opened doors for me to leave that previous relationship, 
Jonathan and I started dating. My work schedule only allowed time for me to make one service a week. And Jonathan made sure I would make it. And God began to do something that I was not prepared for. He began convicting me about my choices in entertainment. I had not changed the movies and music I was listening to, even though I was attending church regularly. And soon I started to have this reoccurring dream. And it was kind of weird, but I believe it was partially due to the influence I was allowing to entertain my heart. So here's what happened. The dream was like this. It was an old house. I stood at the bottom of a dark staircase. The floorboards creaked as I ascended the steps slowly and cautiously. I really didn't want to be there, but I kept walking up the stairs anyway. My conscience said to turn back, but I didn't. As I neared the top of the landing, I saw double doors in the hallway to my left. Beyond those doors was an attic. At this point, my hands were shaking as I stared at the doorknobs, which actually pulsated as the doors breathed, shifting in and out like a heaving chest. I didn't want to open them. I heard ghastly sounds echo from the other side of it. And the longer I stood in front of the doors, the more I could feel the air getting hotter. There was really no doubt about it. Hell was waiting in there, and the devil was waiting for me. I'm really not trying to be dramatic. This was something that I knew was going on in the dream. Have you ever heard of sinkholes? They're big holes that open up without warning and devour whatever is above them. Sinkholes have been in the news for swallowing up trees, houses, and sometimes entire neighborhoods. Now, a sinkhole is caused by rot under the surface of the ground, and it suddenly appears without warning because it's happening underground where nobody can see it. Sinkholes can also be caused by leftover construction debris underground if it's in a place where people live. Basically, the ground above gives out because the foundation no longer exists. So what is your spiritual sinkhole? What is eating away at your foundation that one day might swallow you whole? So many motives behind the entertainment is to provoke fear. We need to take inventory of our emotions when being entertained by certain movies, shows, music, and books. Do you feel hopeful and full of joy? Or are you scared, frightened to be alone, and uneasy when the night comes? God has not given us a spirit of fear, intimidation, or hopelessness. So where is it coming from? Technology has changed how our families are being influenced. Honestly, it's so crazy. We can send or receive emails and messages, take videos or photos and then share them, play or record music, upload or download music, instant live feeds and real life streams. We can play games, internet research or casual browsing. Instant gratification really is drawing our hearts every day. And the content in which we are consuming and allowing our family and our hearts to consume as well is super important. The influence of the entertainment industry can cause unrealistic expectations about social interactions, physical attractiveness, and distorted opinions about love. Many times we're being fed the identifications of fictional characters and we're really struggling to separate fantasy from reality. Technology can be used as a tool to deceive and distract God's people. What you invest in, you ingest in. 
what we give our attention to will manifest in some form in our hearts. God has shown me that whatever I watch and read and listen to will influence me. I might not even be aware of what's going on, but that's how the enemy works. Subtle. And we're living in a world that has no boundaries for the influence that we're consuming. I'm actually coming to a close in this episode because next time um, we are going to dig a little bit deeper into this subject. It is a big one. And I wish I could end this on a positive note, but I feel the spirit is leading me with this thought right now. What we consume will be part of our internal makeup and eventually it will come out influencing those around us. So let us keep this in mind today and as we move about our week. I pray the Lord will prepare your heart so that he can start revealing some spiritual sinkholes in the entertainment you are being entertained by. We need honest eyes if we want profound change. God wants to help restore the foundations of his people so that they can grow to become mature trees of righteousness and won't be taken away by the root of sin. I pray we'll start realizing that good fruit starts with good roots. Thank you again for your time in this episode. I know there's a lot of stuff here, but I know God is working through it. Have a blessed, blessed week, my friend, and I will talk to you next time. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. For more information about all things Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeshop.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.